Wrestling has more than one royal family. I asked Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel and WWE founder Vince McMahon how this all happened during our exclusive interview on Sunday in Los Angeles. This is the biggest thing Ari Emanuel and Vince McMahon have ever done. Yeah. Combining forces like this is there's nothing like this. There's never been anything like this. People have been talking about this for a long time. There were this a lot of other suitors sure they here. Were, you know, but Ari really the synergies. Everyone was, was very interested in us, and, and I appreciate that. But the synergies that Ari brings, totally different than everyone else. That said, many doubted we would ever see this day, that you would ever be willing to sell a controlling stake in right. your company. Right. You are the WWE, and the WWE is you. So why? Uh, it's, it, it's the right time. It's the right time to do the right thing. And it's the next evolution of WWE. He was running TV tonight. He's back. It's what it was. It will be what it was before. If people think that that was bad, it will be bad. That's just the way it is. The TV show was changed when Vince got there, and it was changing as the show was going on. And that was tonight, and that will be what it is going forward. Ari Emanuel's not going to be involved in the wrestling. Vince is running the company. I, I thought it was an outstanding match among the, like, really, among the most heated matches you would think of in, in WrestleMania history, I, I would say. Like, it was that incredible, this crowd. I think they missed the timing on it. I think that this was, like, the idea that you, you build it for a, a bigger day. Oh. Maybe maybe you'll come close to this. I don't know if you will hit such a peak as this where the family is there. Like, we watched two families leave these WrestleMania weekend shows disappointed that the person did not win the title. I cannot fathom the Supercard of Honor finish with Mark Briscoe. So this one, I mean, I just, I don't know what you could do that makes the next one bigger. And yes, if they do it at SummerSlam, if they do it at WrestleMania next year, I'm sure it'll be a big moment, and you will get people stating, oh, everyone doubted it. Everyone doubted it. This was never about the sale of the company. Never. If you think this is about selling the company, you're wrong. This is about ultimate power. This is about how he can get back. And everything that happened be wiped away as if it never happened. This is one step involved with Vince McMahon getting ultimate power back. If he has the power to remove board members and put fucking people in place that are not going to go against him. If he could fucking sit there and rewrite bylaws of the WWE. You don't think that this man has the capability to fucking get backstage, sit in that chair, put that headset on, and run creative? Feel is, is right, and maybe that's what's happening with Hunter right now. He has this tremendous story that has been talked up and, and grabbed by casual and diehard wrestling fans alike. It's something that we've all united behind, how much we've loved the, blood, the bloodline storyline. Maybe A, he's scared to end it, and B... He just doesn't know, quite know how to end it, and he's scared to pull the trigger on ending it. 
yes, but like we've said, there is no one else out there. You've had your two obvious ones in Cody, in Sammy, that you're like, eh, not now. Like, it's whenever it's going to happen now, it's going to feel like a step down. And even, like, having that next guy, that young guy, like, you know, we see Braun Breaker, he's not ready for something like this. Like, no. the lack of just sort of development of other guys, like, yes, I agree with you, Jay Hood, this is on Hunter. We give him a pass the first two months, like, man, it sucks. You have to book a championship run when both belts are on the same guy. Man, this sucks. And now everything's worked out. Sammy gets over organically. Cody is here. And you're still in that corner. And now you're choosing to be in that corner. But what big fucking moment could you possibly have than the main event of fucking WrestleMania when you have 80,000 fans chanting Cody? Tell me. Somebody needs to tell me what could be a bigger moment than the main event at WrestleMania. And I tell you this. And this is not just me, Bardo, but there's everybody else that's listening to my voice right now that has the same opinion. From this moment forward, from this moment on, the WWE and Cody is going to be chasing the moment that they had in their hands last night. And let me tell you something. They'll be chasing that moment forever. This past Monday Night Raw, the Raw after Mania, without a doubt, Go down is one of the worst Raws after Mania's I have ever seen in my life. I believe it's one of the lowest rated Raw Monday Night Raws ever. You can just tell something wasn't right. And then, obviously, with the reports of the WWE merger with UFC and being brought by Endeavor. And Vince McMahon going on live television with his new porn stash that he got. Pretty much talking about he's, you know, going to be back. Well, he's back in head of creative, but he won't be, you know, messing with it too much. That's essentially what he was saying. But if you know anything about Vince, that's BS. And what we saw last night for Monday Night Raw just let you know how much BS that is. He is back as pretty much head of creative. Triple H may have that title, but Vince McMahon has to say so. Before, it was Triple H has the title and he has the final say so. Now, Triple H has the title of head of creative, really, but we know who's running it. And last night, you saw who was running it. You know what I'm going to do about it? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tweet my displeasure. That's right. I'm going to jump on social media and I'm going to tweet about it until my fingers bleed. I might even send an Instagram or a Vine. That's right. And on that tweet, in that tweet, and however many characters I get, I am going to threaten. That's right. If I don't get what I want, I'm going to riot. And, and if that doesn't work, then by God, me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. That's right.
I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about you lately. Thoughts take me to when we were close. Addicted to your love, feel I need another dose. I know it's a feeling that should be long gone. Things seem to come up when I hear our song. Golden brown, girl, it seems so long since I heard your voice. Where did the king go wrong? Emotions that, that they linger on. I guess cause I never knew a love so strong. So many hot girls, I need your warm. The taste of your mouth, girl, I need your warm. Good food and love, I need your warm. This head was made before we were born. A dreamer, so I'ma keep dreaming on. It's kinda like the breakup with Jen and Vince Vaughn. Don't know, no, no, what you got to what you got is gone. Yeah, I like such and such yo, a lot, but the feeling's not as strong. We were like two birds that were able to fly. I try to pick the right words to say to the sky. Some days I would try, but wasn't able to cry. I never been good at saying goodbye. I take a deep breath when the times is hard. When I reminisce over you, my God. I spent many years trying to be the heart throb. I guess it's only right that I got my heart robbed. The scent of a room that reminds me of you. A hint of perfume that reminds me of you. Take a look at the moon that reminds me of you. Hope the stars and the gods align me and you. This way, cause I got it as a kid with so much to give from it. I never hid the love that I wrote on the mirror, it got smeared. My friends say it was a change for the better, but I say, girl, you changed my forever. Relationships, they could be as strange as the weather. Rain or sun, we could sing this together. Welcome to episode 355 of the Hoots Podcast, recording to you live from the Good Brothers Studio in lovely Chicago, Illinois, on this Thursday, April 6, 2023. It's your boy, Joshi, and again, I like to say, rise and shine whenever you listen to this podcast. The Hoots Podcast drops free of charge every single Thursday, anywhere you get your podcast from, like the following places, like YouTube. YouTube.com backslash at the Hoops Podcast. What? Spotify. What? Stitcher. What? Google Play. What? Anywhere, just type in Hoops Podcast and it comes to you free of charge. And uh, 
please do us a favor and give us a four or five star review on Apple Podcasts. Not only that helps expand in expanded reach of this uh, fine program, but also you'd like to gauge on your thoughts overall as the show it for what it is. So we appreciate the support and uh, thanks to each and every single one of you who have been rocking with us for the last seven years. Uh, speaking of seven years, we're about a couple weeks away from the seventh anniversary of the Hoots podcast and um, pretty, pretty fun times uh, over these last seven years. Um, there's a lot to discuss. Obviously we're coming off the heels of the biggest wrestling uh, weekend of the year with WrestleMania. I'll give my full WrestleMania thoughts uh, stuff like that and stand and deliver in this week in WWE. Uh, we will get to the backports Q&A session. Brother Carter sending some clips this week. Uh, he's via satellite, unfortunately, but uh, you can support his work at DerekStoughton.com. Um, of course, we got a brand new What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Uh, lots to discuss from that show from uh, Long Island, New York, or Long Island, <laughs> New York. <laughs> Um, so lots to discuss, but, um, I think by, for those who just listened to the intro for the pod this week, there's kind of a, some things we need to address and just have a general conversation before we get into our voyage. That is who's podcast. And I'm just going to keep it a stack and we're going to have this conversation here. So I don't just randomly snap during the back porch Q and a, or this week in WWE. Cause I really want to keep it positive this week. There's a lot of good stuff to talk about, but I'd be remiss without talking about the elephant in the room and the, and I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about uh, a lot of stuff that's been going on on Twitter, especially, and especially in a lot of these recap video shows over what, went wrong or right or whatever on Monday Night Raw this past Monday and everything with the uh, WWE UFC Endeavor merger and just the running notion over one episode of Monday Night Raw wipes away everything that we saw at Stand and Deliver and WrestleMania and WWE's gonna die and AEW's back to being a legitimate number one contender and like all, all this hoopla and hyperbole and just sheer just lunacy that I've been seeing over the last four days. It's just like I sit here and I ask myself, what are we accomplishing here? Now, again, for those who don't know, from my point of view, for those who are new listeners of the Hoots podcast, I, for one, am one of the few wrestling media members who actually doesn't care about who's booking who, who has the pencil, uh, the creative process, who's going over who, who's sleeping with who, the backstage politics. I'm not that guy. I've never been that guy, and I'm never going to be that guy. I... I've kept a firm stance since I started this show seven years ago that unless that I'm in the wrestling business and booking is part of my responsibility, I'm not going to come on here and vetch and bitch and moan and opine about booking about a product that A, subjective, and B, I'm not responsible for it. Or neither, neither, neither of any of you that are listening to this. 
And either anybody, any sissy-ass crybaby wrestling fans that bitch and moan and spend their life 24-7, 365, talking nonstop about booking and creative as if that's the most important thing in this entire industry. You know what's the most important part about professional wrestling? Making money. Putting asses in seats. I can write Joe Schmo versus Billy Asshole. It doesn't matter what's on paper or what's on a promo or what the creative is. If the story that I'm supposed to tell, the most important story is not told inside that 20 by 20 ring, none of this means anything. I'm not opposed to constructive criticism and stuff like that. And look, if you're the people that don't like, didn't like WrestleMania, I don't know how you cannot like WrestleMania, but if you are cool, that's your prerogative, more power to you. This is not directed towards you. This is directed towards these hate watching sissies who go on Twitter each and every single fucking day whining and moaning about booking and creative and oh man i feel so bad for bailey i feel bad oh we need alexa bliss on our tv and then when she comes back we don't do anything we sit on our hands and act like it doesn't matter no matter what she does these two-faced nitwits who come and vetch about booking and all stuff again go case in point let's go back to what happened on monday if you didn't like the raw after wrestlemania cool that's great i don't give a fuck but the notion because a report came out from fightful and Meltzer that fucking visit man was on the headset for monday night raw and he's PW Insider Elite says that Vince McMahon is back at full, he has full head of creative again. <laughs> Let me ask you a question with a straight face. Are you going to sit here and tell me that Vince McMahon hasn't been around booking and creative this entire fucking time since he came back in January? I love Triple H. But again, it goes back to the point that I made as I started the show. I don't care who has the pencil, who's responsible for booking decisions. I don't watch professional wrestling for, golly, I got to figure who's somebody's wins and loss records. Oh, I got to see who got booked better than this person in 2020 hindsight. This is not a sport. This is entertainment. As long as I'm entertained by the stuff that I see on my TV, that's what matters to me. Not who's booking and who's being buried and who got, whose segments got nicks or whatever God else fucking complaints that we see every single day on Twitter. It's it's so nauseating to me for the fact that it's stuff like this that takes away from the best form of entertainment that we get to watch each and every single week. Go back and watch that WrestleMania. Either it was night one or night two. And you tell me, because Vince McMahon is back on creative. Whether it is or not, I really don't give a fuck. I'm just being honest with you guys. I don't care. And if, if you want to cancel me over that, more power to you. I really don't care. But you can sit here and tell me that Vince McMahon and WWE's ruined 
following the day after we saw Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre, we saw Roman and Cody, everything that we saw on Saturday night, that that, that just didn't happen, right? That, 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 that didn't matter now, right? Because Vince McMahon's got the pencil. Oh, the evil Vince McMahon who does everything wrong. Vince McMahon is impossible to do anything right with creative, right? Vince McMahon gets no credit for the bloodline, right? Vince McMahon gets no credit for Bianca Belair and what she's done on the main roster, right? I can come in here and talk about being in the weeds and talk about all the backstage info and do everything that everybody else does that has a wrestling podcast. But what does that do for me? What does it do for you? Me coming here regurgitating everything you can hear from any other wrestling podcast or video show. How does that make this show stand out? You know what makes this show stand out? The fact that I can speak for myself. Because even though my main focus in professional wrestling is not on booking, the stories that I'm concerned about is what's told inside that ring where it should matter. All of you want to watch professional wrestling for booking. Wow, great. When I first started watching wrestling in the Attitude Era, man, I can't believe how buried D'Lo Brown was. Man, I can't believe Crash Holly couldn't get a push. Man, the headbanger should have been booked better. Man, Val Venus could have been a WWF champion. Do you listen? Did you just hear what I just said? And how ludicrous that is? Oh, golly, man. Al Snow should have won the Royal Rumble. Look at the business that just went down this past Sunday night at SoFi Stadium that weekend as a whole. You tell me because, oh, my God, the evil Vince McMahon is back. Oh, everything's going to go downhill from here. When uh, record revenue was still going on before the scandals came out from Wall Street Journal and everything that was going on with the bloodline was going on while Vince was behind creative. Not to say that he doesn't have his faults. Not coming here and saying that Vince McMahon is without fault, that he's not Teflon. Not coming here and saying that. Never said that on this show. Never said that WWE is not without fault. So, everything that happened at WrestleMania this past week, it didn't matter, right? Because, oh my god, we had the worst Raw at the WrestleMania ever! What are we in this for? Are we into watching and covering professional wrestling for booking or enjoying the show for what it was? If you didn't like Raw after WrestleMania, great. More prerogative to you. Was there stuff that I liked? Sure. Was everything that happened on Monday Night Raw this past Monday night horrible? Are you going to sit there with a straight face and tell me that everything that happened on that episode sucked? As if we forgot the whole hanging fruit that nobody wanted to pay attention to 
which Cody Rhodes mentioned a few weeks prior that after WrestleMania, Paul Heyman was going to go back to being an advocate. Oh, golly, what a coincidence. The first Raw at the WrestleMania, we have Cody Rhodes going into a tag team match with Roman Reigns and Sol Sokoa. Out comes Brock Lesnar. And then later on in the show, you see Roman and uh, Heyman in the background saying, Hey, did you know that he was back? And, oh, what a coincidence. Later on, as the show's about to go off the air, oh, here's Brock Lesnar effing and destroying Cody Rhodes and the show. Let's go to this, too, since I haven't really had a chance to talk about the Cody portion about this kid. This is a lot of the, the, the scuttlebutt this week. Oh, man, Cody lost his match at WrestleMania because of the Endeavor deal. It's all Vince's fault. Vince couldn't let his golden boy lose. Is it really all about Vince or the fact that you don't want to acknowledge your tribal chief? Now, for full disclosure, I came on here in the show last week and said that I didn't care who won, whether it was Cody and Roman. And I generally, I said Cody was my pick to win, but I would understand why Roman Reigns would retain. Now, again, let me ask you to the Nostradamuses of professional wrestling out there. Aren't you the same people that come on every single week and sell me and everybody else that's watching that, man, if if something's not broke, why fix it? Anytime everybody goes on the bitch and can play whenever a character changes their name or changes their theme song, right? Oh, if it's not broke, why fix it? Well, let me ask you this question, smartass. How... If the bloodline is the hottest thing in professional wrestling and the tribal chief who's the best wrestler in the world and the best character in professional wrestling today, if that's not broke, why are all of you on such a fucking rush to end his title reign? Answer me that, smartass. I wanted Cody to win. He didn't. But that does not take away from the performance that he and Roman pulled off this past Sunday night. Because that was a fucking awesome match. Oh, Vince McMahon's back. So everything going on with WWE is going to go down the tubes. We've been going through the same song and dance for years. Yet all of you are still watching. What type of sense does that make to hate watching product that you claim that you hate? And that Vince McMahon's back to ruin everything that you love. As if we're going to pretend that he wasn't around this whole entire time. I love Triple H, but I'm not going to get on my knees and suck his dick for you guys. This is because I I had to trash Vince McMahon, who's part of the reason why we watch fucking wrestling in the first place. I don't have to agree with everything he's done. Yes, he has his faults. Yes, he's a freaking old man that should go away. I agree with all of you. Let's not sit here and lie to ourselves. So the last thing I'm going to say in this monologue, grant, whatever you want to call it, is that I'm not opposed to constructive criticism. What I am opposed to is hyperbole and nonsense just to get clout and retweets on Twitter. 
I'm sorry that I don't care about booking. I'm no, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry that I don't give two shits about booking. I don't watch professional wrestling and my enjoyment, most importantly, of professional wrestling is not predicated on who has the fucking pencil for a wrestling show. It's entertainment, it's not a sport. That's all I have to say about that. Here's another two nobody wants to admit either. Um, it, it's really a hard pill. All these people that want to end Roman Reigns' title reign, they just don't want to admit that they were wrong about the guy. Like he says, acknowledge him. All right, folks, it's time for the Back Porch Q&A session. As always, if you want to participate in the Back Porch Q&A session, all you have to do is hit us up on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. Let's start us off as we usually do. It's per ritual. Let's give a shout out to the good brother Chris Zaletta at X Team Zaletta 24X on Twitter. Throw up the X, ladies and gentlemen. Throw up your Des Bryants. He says, What up, Ooze? Here's some questions for the QA this week. Do you think Charlotte will be used more as a special attraction going forward in scheduling? Great question. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think there's some things, some parameters that hasn't really been addressed when it comes to Charlotte Flair. By the way, happy belated birthday to Charlotte, um, to the queen. She's an attraction already. I don't think that's something people don't want to acknowledge because there's so much like blind hate directed towards Charlotte. You know what I mean? And she started wrestling late. Like literally, she just turned 37 um, yesterday. Right. I've always been a big fan of Charlotte. I don't hide or run from it. I actually, I stand firmly tall and plant my flag in the Charlotte Flair basket because she's that good. And once again, she showed why she is the best technical female wrestler in the world. And she is one of the goats. Is she my all-time favorite wrestler of all time? No, but to say that Charlotte Flair is not a goat, that's just lying to me and you. So to, going back to your question, Chris, um, yeah, she could definitely be a special attraction. There's going to be a time that may, she may become a part-timer. But when you see Charlotte Flair, and this goes back to everything I said in that last segment, you know why Charlotte Flair is effect, uh, effective? It's what she does inside that 20 by 20 ring. The story she tells in that ring. I always use that money in the bank example from 2021 all the time her and Rhea were getting booed out of the building and she flipped that crowd to chanting this was awesome by the time the match was over that's Charlotte Flair that's how damn good she is another question where would you rank this past Wrestlemania among one of the best now we're getting close now literally on the road to Wrestlemania 40 now um, there's so many to choose from to put in your like top fives or top tens. Just to be fair to all the WrestleManias in the past that we usually get to these debates over, I'm gonna say this WrestleMania is at least definitely in the top 15. I don't know if it's in my top five. I don't know if that's in my top 10, and that's not a bad thing either. There's freaking we just went through 39 WrestleManias, you know. <laughs> so um. It's definitely somewhere in my top 15. Uh, it was a blast. Um, yeah, have I been 
sulking and feeling down over the fact that I wasn't there. Yes, that's only human emotion and just frustration for what's going on in my career. But I had a blast, and it was a phenomenal two nights, a great spectacle, and um can't wait to uh, talk more about it once we get to uh, this week at WWE. So I'll put this one probably in the top 15 for sure. Uh, will Wembley sell out? Um, stay tuned to what the hell is wrong with AEW. I'll give you that answer. Um, how long until Jay White realizes he dropped his own ball with this decision? Well, that's a good question because how <laughs> this is the odd thing to me, right? Like, you do this angle where he loses his spot in Bullet Club. And then he loses his spot to be in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Two months later, we're back doing Bullet Club stuff. <laughs> and then you do this digital bit with Renee, right? And she's like, hey, are you still the leader of the Bullet Club? The guy got kicked out. What are we doing here? <laughs> and so... <laughs> Once we once the inedible cones where he's a rampage feature wrestler, will he have good matches with Swerve and who else? Um, Matt Seidel, Keith Lee, etc. etc. Sure, but is JY really going to make the impact that all of you are thinking he's going to make in AEW, or just be lost in the shuffle because? We all thought, oh, if JY goes to AW, oh, he's definitely going to get a few with Adam Cole. Well, guess what? Adam Cole's probably going to get to a few now with Chris Jericho. And does anybody give two shits about rock hard Juice Robinson? <laughs> I don't know, Chris. This is a great question. I, I don't have the answer to it. I'm just going to be... I'm just going to be watching this and hope it works out for him because I am a fan of his and that's the decision you want to make more power to him. But does not, this doesn't make me now not a fan of JY because he went to AW. I always support the guy. Um, I, I just don't get it. I don't. <laughs> Hopefully it works out for him. I'm, I'm kind of lost at words to be honest with you because of that whole situation. Um, next question. Favorite match from Multiverse. Um, I did I didn't get a chance to watch it, Chris. So uh, I know that Suzuki had a match with Kenta, so I'll probably pick that one. But I haven't seen it yet. So, <laughs> um, by the way, I, I don't want to take I don't want that last segment to like foretell everybody that like I'm in a crappy boot or whatever, like anything like that. No, I'm. I'm in a really good spirits. I it's just something that's been boiling up inside me for the last couple of days. I just needed to get that off my chest. Uh, uh, what what does Bully Ray call those truth bombs? <laughs> so um, I, I needed to get that off my chest. But don't fret. I'm 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 in good spirits. I'm happy. I'm feeling good. Looking good. I'm I'm in a really good mood. So I just, I don't want anybody to like. Man, Joshi is really upset and fired up and whatever. No, no I'm fine. I'm fine. Trust me. I'll, I'll be all right. Um, let's go to the next question. We saw Chelsea Green feature on Impact. How nice was it to see her featured on WrestleMania weekend? I thought that was great. Hey, I, I, man, Vince McMahon was living at Chelsea Green at a WrestleMania match, right? 
It was cool. Uh, very happy for her. Very talented woman. Obviously, great waterfall, but uh, good for her, man. She, I, We talked about it every week about maximizing your TV time, and when you do that, you get an opportunity to perform at WrestleMania. So uh, no surprise whatsoever for uh, what she did, and she earned her spot this past weekend. I'm very happy for her. Um, next question. Favorite match from Stand and Deliver. Uh, it was the fatal five-way match for the uh, North American Championship. Man, uh, that match was absolutely insane. <laughs> uh, thoughts on the double turn that ended NXT Tuesday? Uh, good call. Uh, good business, too. Um, I think the writing on the wall was going on for Braun Breaker that people wanted to see him be a bad guy. So you get your wish. So they'll say that Shawn Michaels doesn't listen to the audience. So uh, we'll have to see how this plays out. How much longer does Trick Williams associate himself with Carmelo Hayes? You know, Carmelo Hayes walks out with that cocky energy and he calling himself him. I don't know how sustainable that is as a babyface character, but for me, we'll have to see how that plays out. But I'll tell you right now, that matchup they'll have at Battleground will be on like Donkey Kong. Next question. Who gets the first crack at Indy? Core Jade or Tiffany Stratton? I'm going to go with Tiffany Stratton. I, I think she will definitely get the shot first. Though it was nice to see Corey Jade on my TV screen this past Tuesday night. I will not lie about that. Uh, would you like to see Andrade return to WWE and join the LWO or maybe do some work at Impact slash New Japan before returning to WWE? Uh, great question. Um, I, I, I would like to see Andrade do some stuff in New Japan and uh, Impact if, that's, if that opportunity presented itself. But just like Miro, <laughs> that's been a complete flop of a run at AEW, and I feel bad for Andrade because he's a good wrestler. Um, I think he's a little bit overrated in how he structures his matches, but outside of that, I think he's all right. So I'd like to see him do some stuff in New Japan if WWE is not an option. Last question here for Chris. He says, I seen some quotes from Paul Heyman yesterday regarding the Cody. If he had won the title, there would be nowhere to go. Does Heyman have a point? And this all depends on you. Again, all this is subjective, right? Just because Paul Heyman says something, I do lean more to what he says because the track record's there, the history is there, the experience is there. The product and the execution behind Paul Heyman's words are there, so it has substance and validity to it. But again, that's his opinion. We're all having opinions. You could agree with what I say or Paul Heyman says, or you could choose to acknowledge and go off with what guys like Seltzer and Alvarez say, right? But at the end of the day, I want everybody, if you can take anything away from this podcast, no matter how long you've been watching or listening, all I ever want for wrestling fans is to think for themselves. That's it. You could be the most morose, glass half empty person on God's green earth and think everything in wrestling sucks, right? But it's a long but as long as you're thinking for yourself, that's your prerogative. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you what's right or wrong from somebody's opinion. That's their opinion. Unless it's something so stupid that I have to point it out for the fact that I'm losing my IQ points by reading it um, or my IQ score. But, you know, he, yeah. Tell me right now that Cody Rhodes' stock is not at its highest point right now. 
think about that. So, what would be the next thing, though? Let's say that Cody did win on Sunday and he was a champion. Going back to what happened nine years ago on this day, as I'm recording this on a Thursday, nine years ago, Daniel Bryan had his moment at WrestleMania. And then what did everybody do after that? Oh, what's next? Unfortunately, along the way during that, he had to go away for neck surgery. So, all this stuff is subjective. Time will tell. I, I put this tweet out the other day. We what, What's really being lost in all of this hoopla and discourse about this whole, uh, oh, WWE dropped the ball on Cody not winning the title at WrestleMania and all this stuff. Look, if you look at that match, the real winners at the end of the day was all of us. You could be the biggest Roman Reigns fan. You could be a Cody fan. Or you could be a guy like me who's a fan of both of these guys, knowing that the story is not over. It's just getting started. Business is good, man. You had your added wrinkles now with Brock Lesnar. You're going to get to more tips with Heyman and Roman because who, who, who holds the keys towards... Who holds the keys when it comes to the title picture in WWE? It's really Paul Heyman, if you think about it. It's not Adam Pearce. Sometimes it's not even the tribal chief. It's Paul Heyman. Don't be surprised at SummerSlam or sometime around the road that we see a triple threat match with Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and Cody Rhodes. Don't you think it's convenient now that Brock Lesnar's back to being the beast heel now. And uh, going back to what I said earlier, Cody is like, hey, after WrestleMania, this man is going to go back to being an advocate. Read the tea leaves, pal. Great questions this week, uh, Chris. You did a great job as always. All right, last batch of questions here come from the good brother Mike at uh, Main Event Swerve. Oh, really quick, I had an extra question I saw this week uh, from our good brother, Patrick Fritz. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, by the way, at RatedPWF. He is the man. I appreciate you. He says, when is the earliest we see a UFC slash WWE crossover? Well, um, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't have any sources on this, but don't be surprised if you see Brock Lesnar and Conor McGregor having a match in Saudi Arabia. Just throwing that out there. Let's continue on. <laughs> Going back to Mike at Main Events Forever. He says, what up, Oops? Happy WrestleMania to you guys, and I hope there's more good than bad to look forward to, and I, for one, wonder what's next in a lot of ways. Here are some questions for the back porch this week. Can you talk about how the story with Cody Rhodes didn't have to finish at WrestleMania? Yes, I could. Um, all we talk about, right, is about having things to be invested in and where things go from here and there. And as we're in this ADD culture of professional wrestling, we say we want things, and then when they happen, we turn on to the next thing. Oh, what's next? Oh, what's next? I think there's people who think that things could just happen with a crystal ball, and that, man, you need to have six or seven uh, contenders all lined up for the next champion and stuff like that, as if that's a real thing. Can you really tell me who's the six or eight 
number one contenders for the AEW World Champion right now. Yeah, excluding this four pillar angle that they're going to do this fatal four way match. Excluding that, like if we're having this straight face to face conversation, like this whole notion that you're going to line up six to seven competitors and all oh, it's, it, it's like a revolving door and it's a maturation process. That's not how it works. Each promotion have their ways of going about it for their own reasons. And you look at Cody's story. Okay, let's say he did win, right? What would everybody's be, next thing would be? Oh, let's turn on him because he's the corporate yes man. Think about this. Vince comes back, right, with this merger, uh, this endeavor deal, right? Um, how much backlash would Cody get be the corporate babyface champion with Vince? Hey, he's back, right? All these thirsty guys are like, man, Vince McMahon is back. Watch out. It was a good run while it lasted, right? <laughs> all the fickleness, all the vitri- all the vitriol, all the the negative things that comes with all everything Vince McMahon because he's the worst thing ever, right? All that would be dropped on Cody's shoulders. And then the fans would turn on him. So the story continues on. We'll have to see how it work how it works. Time will tell. What rank would you uh answer this one already? Um what do you see Charlotte doing now that she has lost her title? Would you like to see, what would you like to see her do? Um going back to Chris's question, uh I think it would be good for her to be a special attraction. Um have her show up. I, you could have her be a part timer one way or another. Just use her as a special attraction. That that would be my best guess. Other other than the Universal title match, what was your favorite Mania match this year? Uh, Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. It's the best match I've seen all year. It's not close. Um, Damian Priest roughed up Bad Bunny on Raw. Do you think Bunny gets a one-on-one match with Priest or maybe Dominic at Backlash in Puerto Rico? I don't think it's going to be one-on-one, Mike. I think it's going to be the tag match. It'll be Ray and Bad Bunny against Dominic and uh, Priest. That'll be the match. So... Next question, he says, I'm not trying to, to get too into Vince or Triple H talk here, but was the Raw after Mania kind of a letdown or lackluster for you? Again, like, if if everybody thinks that everything that happened on Raw this past night, uh, last Monday night was a failure, more power to you. Where there's stuff that I didn't really care for? Sure. Yeah, that would every episode, but... To say that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Street Profits sucked, really? The angle that went down with uh, uh, Judgment Day and Bad Bunny, you're telling me that was bad? The Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair segment, that was bad? The the opening with, uh, with Cody and Roman and Paul Heyman, that was bad too? Oh, it, it was oh, it was so it was so horrible because we didn't get the fake announcement that was reported by the dirt sheets. Oh, WWE let us know they advertise a Triple H announcement when they never announced a Triple H announcement. <laughs> this is when people fall for the okie doke. Stop letting dirt sheets predicate your enjoyment for professional wrestling, folks. You're gonna do yourself a bigger service at the end of the day. 
Next question. Why are people overreacting so much to Bailey, Asuka, and Drew? Pretty much everyone else they can't speculate about. Is the sky really falling? I doubt it. Uh, I, Brother, you answered your own question. People are overreacting because it's wrestling Twitter. They know nothing else to do but to bitch and complain about stuff they know absolutely nothing about. Uh, question eight. Okay, admittedly, the White Sox had a good opening series split with my Astros. How are you feeling about the team after that series, especially with Liam Hendricks possibly returning soon? I like what I've seen so far. Um, don't enjoy the fact that Eloy is already having a 10-day injured list stint. That doesn't sound fun. But I'm um, glad to hear that Liam Hendricks is doing well with his uh, recovery, and he's coming back soon. So, so far, so good. Not much to, co- uh, to complain about for my White Sox so far, so it's been nice. Uh, what is your favorite ballpark food when you go to check out a game? Great question. Um, believe it or not, it's either Dippin' Dots or Churros. Those are my those are my favorites. Uh, two more questions here. He says, can we talk about All In at Wembley Stadium? How many of the 90,000 seats will AW sell for the, for the event? Maybe 20,000? I'm probably shooting more for the 45,000 range. They'll, they'll have a really good house. This will... Probably most likely be the biggest non WWE or New Japan event in pro wrestling uh, for over 20 years. TNA never had a crowd or a stadium show like this. Ring of Honor never had a stadium show like this. So they'll get, they'll have a good house. It'll draw a good gate. Will they reach ninety thousand? I doubt it, but they'll have a really good house and good for them. Honestly, I know we come in here we we poke fun at AW and stuff like that, but. Good for them. It'll be a good show, and it'll, it'll um, hey, six, 45 to 50,000 people will get to see Hangman Page and Brian Danielson and John Moxley in a triple threat barbed wire for hell match, <laughs> something like that. So, <laughs> last question for the QA this week he says, Do you see WWE and its future endeavor creating any other pay per view model of 50? dollars slash sixty dollars per month would you pay that much again good question i really i think that's the more pertinent issue i think all of us should really like invest in really not about booking like yeah we could talk about vince mcmahon to the cows go home but honestly what's more important is about what's going to come out to towards these tv rights deals what's next what what does the pay-per-view model look like that's what the really pertinent concerns should be so, I honestly, I don't know. It, it really depends. Do they, if let's say that WWE renews with uh, NBC Universal, right? And they keep um, Raw and they keep the shows on Peacock and doing the, the premium live events on there. Cool. We keep it the same all as it is. Do they switch it up and do uh, another model like how UFC does it? We'll have to see. I, well, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I will say this though: I would pay for a WWE pay-per-view more than I would pay for an AW or an Impact pay-per-view. I will say that. So, great questions for Chris, Mike, and Pat this week. We appreciate you, brothers, as always. Um, as always, if you want to participate in the back porch Q and A session, all you have to do is hit us up at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. When we come back, we'll finally get into. <laughs> Uh, what went down this past weekend in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium as we review WrestleMania 39 and NXT 
Stand and Deliver, right here on Hoots Podcast. Wise man. Yes, my tribal chief. Are my cousins gone? Yes, my tribal chief. They went to the jet. Wise man. Yes, my tribal chief. Did you know Brock would be here? My tribal chief, it's the day after WrestleMania. This is when Brock Lesnar usually takes six to nine months off and leaves everybody else hanging. Which is a life that you rescued me from, my tribal chief. Which is why I love you, my tribal chief. How did this happen? My tribal chief. If you remember, SummerSlam was the last match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar ever. So Brock Lesnar will never get another championship match against you. <laughs> Who could figure that he would answer the challenge because he, he has nothing to lose? He's got nothing to lose. Good. Great. Doesn't matter. It's one of my... It's one of my greatest accolades of all time, smashing Brock Lesnar. Let's do it again. Perfect. And when I'm done with him, I'm going to smash Cody, just like I did last night at WrestleMania. Oh, when I'm done, I'm going to tag you in. And then we can see who's ready now. You understand? Show Cody who's ready. Welcome back to the Hoots Podcast, everybody. Um, it's time to talk about what happened this week in WWE. And let's not waste any more time. Let's get into what happened at NXT. Stand and deliver at the Staples, Staples Center. Excuse me. I am, <laughs> I am not calling that the Crypto.com Arena. That is a hashtag. No shot. No shot, pal. Um, yeah, started off really hot. They're really also really good. I want to mention, I want to give a shout out to, um, Stacey Keebler, everybody that got inducted to the WWE hall of fame. I really enjoyed Stacey's induction and her speech. Uh, Doc Conan did a phenomenal job introducing, uh, Ray Ray's speech got me really emotional, uh, especially the stuff he was talking about Angie that really struck a chord with me. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, so congrats to everybody that were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this past weekend. So I want to get that first out of the way. Um, also, would like to send our condolences to the family of uh, WWE Hall of Famer uh, Bushwhacker Luke. Um, really sad because, um, ironically, the last WrestleMania in California, I was there to cover it. Um, I saw the Bushwhackers go into the WWE Hall of Fame. And um, they have one of the best speeches of all time there, too. So, um, very sad to see that. So, my thoughts go out to Butch and uh, uh, the family of Bushwhacker, Luke. And um, very sad news. So, I just wanted to throw that out there. Our condolences go out to their families. But um, uh, let's go. Let's, let's get let's get to the positive vibes as we continue on here with the Who's Podcast. Talk about Stand and Deliver. And this was a fantastic show. And uh, lived up in the building. Building, um, I thought it was going to be interesting how, how on how the roster carried themselves 
with the fact that they had a really early call time. Like, I think the show started at 10 o'clock in the Pacific, which is crazy. So, the show started off with a ladder match for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, Ian D. Hartwell is your new NXT Women's Champion. Thanks to the help of Dexter Loomis. Full Circle Jones index remained strong, and Indy Hartwell became your uh, NXT Women's Champion. I thought that was cool. Some very interesting spots this match. We saw JC Jane cost Gigi Dolan. Man, that girl is a player hater of all player haters. Um, by the way, can I say that as much as I enjoy Roxanne Perez as a wrestler, her character is very two-faced. I don't know if I'm getting the wrong vibes from her, but... Uh, I, I like what she does bring. Again, don't get me wrong. I think she's very talented. So I'm, I'm not against Roxanne Perez. I think her character is very uh, two-faced in a way. But um, that's just me. Uh, Gallus retained uh, this match. I kind of thought this was going to be the time for the family. Uh, Tony D'Angelo and Chani Stacks Lorenzo, Lorenzo. You know, how's the how's the gabagool? How you doing? <laughs> Keep it moving. Uh, I thought that was going to be a deal for our uh, Paisans to bring the titles home. But... Uh, it didn't happen. Uh, we had to return to Joe Coffee, which was nice to see, and Gal's retained. So Gal boys on top. This was my favorite match for the show. Was the Fatal Five Way match for the NXT North America Championship. This was a barn burner of barn burners. This was actually the longest match on the show. Wesley retained over Axiom, Dragon Lee, Ilya Dragunov, and Jordan Devlin. This match was insane. If you haven't watched it, go on your way to check it out. Then we got to the emotional storytelling part of the show where Johnny Gargano uh, defeated Grayson Waller via submission. Big pots for Candice LeRae as she beats up uh, Grayson with the kendo stick. Uh, Doc Booker and Vic were very good on commentary during this match, so that was fine. Low part of the show, but it's kind of unfortunate because this where it was positioned on the show. Alba Fire and Isla Dominique, the actually was uh, women's tag team champions. As issues continue to rage on with Fallon Henley and Kiana James. Brooks, I'm just looking out for you, brother. This con is spade of spade. The whole bros before hoes thing is not real. Uh, don't be surprised if Josh Briggs is clapping Kiana James' cheeks. Just be on the lookout for that. Um, and then finally, Carmelo Hayes beats Braun Breaker. Pretty solid match. This match only went 16 minutes, but... Um, you had um, Carmel Hayes did that nothing but net to uh, become the NXT champion, and um, very, very, very good match. And uh, congrats to Carmelo. He's had a very long run to get to this moment, and he had the Kobe gear at the Staples Center, and he he showed out. So he did a very good job. So congrats to Carmel Hayes, and congrats to the entire NXT roster. For uh, what they did this past Saturday night. And also shout out to what they did on uh, Tuesday. If you guys haven't seen that Dragon Lee Nathan Frazier match. You guys need to go check that out. Because that was badass. <laughs> so um, yeah. Go check that out. It was dope. Uh, how about this? Let's get into it. Let's get into WrestleMania 39. As we start off. I have to say shout out to Jason Robinson. And the entire production staff of WWE for how they made that stadium look at SoFi Stadium. It was fantastic. It's one of the best stages I've ever seen them make. One of their best sets. Um, That production crew for WWE is just on another planet. And the fact that they could make 
uh, WrestleMania look more visually good for SoFi Stadium than it did for the Super Bowl. This tells you the top tier quality that we get from uh, WWE uh, in their production staff. It was phenomenal. But let's talk about the show, right? That's why we're all here, right? Here's my WrestleMania review. Um, night one was a blast. Um, seeing John Cena kick off the show with Austin Theory. John Cena has the Make-A-Wish Kids entrance, which was really cool to see. Austin Theory retains. Um, I, I thought this was the right call. It was the obvious call there. So it didn't look like this was going to be a longer grudge feud. This was really to put a spotlight on Theory, and he did what he needed to do to win the match. Uh, from there, um, we had... Uh, the Street Profits, Braun Strowman, and Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders. Talk about barn burners, man. These guys showed out and showed out <laughs> and then some. I got to say this. Big shout out to Titus O'Neil, man. He killed it on commentary during this match. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, just some of the crazy spots. Gable doing that uh Roll through German suplex to Braun Strowman. The miss, misfire splashes. Braun did a dive off the top rope. Um, the pounce that Dawkins gave Braun Strowman on the outside was crazy. Uh, Ricochet doing a springboard shooting star press to the outside was nuts. Uh, Street Profits get the victory there. Good, good stuff. Hey, uh, you would think that Vince McMahon had the pencil for this entire WrestleMania, right? So why didn't Logan Paul beat Seth Rollins, huh? That that that, that sure would have been a Vince McMahon call, right? <laughs> so re- let me get this straight. Hunter got night one and Vince got night two, right? That's how that's how it worked. Because we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, let's talk about this because this match was fun. First off, Seth Rollins' entrance was absolutely <laughs> insane. And more of the outfit he was wearing. I don't know what the hell this dude was doing, but... <laughs> the, this outfit would make Derek Zoolander blush. <laughs> Seth Rollins has the crowd in the palm of their hands. Logan Paul, again, I've mentioned before, he's just that damn good to ring. Uh, he says it himself, he's born to do this, and it's not wrong. He's, you know, I was not expecting Logan Paul to do a GTS. I thought that was just perfect timing with everything. Everybody's comparing Seth to CM Punk and seeing Seth Rollins, uh, Seth Rollins whine to the media about his push and where he's positioned on the card over the weekend. I thought the whole CM Punk stuff fitted perfectly, so good thing that he did at GTS. Some really good spots, and then we got the spot with KSI where Logan Paul puts him through the table on accident. Seth Rollins hits a pedigree. There was a near fall there. Uh, Logan Paul um, decided to go for a coast-to-coast, got met with a super kick. You know, a match is effective when you see the crowd get under, like, silly stand up and they're like, the place starts rumbling before the finishers hits. You can see that with Seth Rollins before it's the curb stop. Good deal. Good business done. 16 minute match. Props to both guys. They killed it. Very, very good stuff. Um, this was a match here that was kind of a victim of where it was placed. Um, but I thought it was a good effort by the ladies. I will say, though, for damage control, they would be a good fit in AEW because they make referees look stupid. Uh, the official in this match was all over the place. It was hard to catch up, but I thought Trish looked good in the ring. Becky still Becky. They ended up winning the match. So, all in all, good business there. Um, 
This was one of my favorite parts of the show here. Rey Mysterio and uh, Dominic. Killer actresses for both guys. Uh, again, I got a little choked up when I saw uh, Viva La Rasa was playing uh, during that awesome entrance by Rey Mysterio. I, I got to tell you, man, that Rey Mysterio entrance may go up in the top 10 of all time of Russell Bay entrance. That was just awesome. Snoop Dogg. Eddie, and then Ray's song as well. I love the new mask that he was wearing. It came from a Marvel guy. I thought the match was good too, man. I said it last week. This was one of the best stories I was being told uh, in WWE. And you have a father and son match. It goes down like it was. The spot where he uh, starts spanking Dominic was hilarious. I was laughing my ass off. Michael Cole was uh, on top tier form during that during that call. Hey, man, uh, how is that possible that Michael Cole was uh, killing it on commentary? It had to be Vince McMahon in his ear, right? <laughs> uh, that spot was great. And then, you, you know, we got Judgment Day coming out. Out comes the LWO. Uh, more shenanigans. And Dominic pulls out a steel chain out of Damian Priest's uh, jacket. Uh, it's about to hit his father. Bad Bunny comes to say that's how it's going to set up this match at Backlash. Ray wins with the 619. Go back to the earlier spot earlier in the, in the match where uh, they, uh, Dominic throws a drink at Aaliyah. Come on, man. <laughs> you don't have to throw a drink at your sister. <laughs> How about this match? Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. 23 minutes. One of the longest matches on the show. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, in my opinion, put on probably... One of the top three best women's title matches I've ever seen at WrestleMania. It's that good. It's up there with Mickey and uh, Mickey and Trish for WrestleMania 22. Other matches you could throw in the equation, but this one was special. And they had a lot to, uh, they had a tough challenge following the energy because the crowd was really into that Ray Dominic match. But these two absolutely killed it, man. The forearm exchanges. The, the false finishes, the reversals of figure eights, and, uh, you know, they, uh, Rhea does that reverse clover, cloverly, but it's called the prison trap. And um, Ripley, uh, try kicking out of the riptide, and then Rhea wins the title with an avalanche riptide. Look, <laughs> if you can't acknowledge how good Charlotte Flair was in that match, that's on you, pal. That's on you. She is that damn good. You want to talk about who's the standard in women's wrestling? It's Charlotte Flair. And I'm so happy for Rhea Ripley. This is a good journey for her. And it was a phenomenal moment for her. And I'm very happy for her. Uh, that's going to be a match that's going to be remembered for a long time. And it could be, it could have happened to a better person. So props to Rhea and Charlotte. That, that was phenomenal. <laughs> Uh, we saw the return of Pat McAfee as he defeated the Miz, thanks to help from George Kittle. No harm, no foul there. Then we had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Usos for the tag team titles. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are your brand new uh, undisputed tag team champions. Uh, fantastic match. The crowd was uh, on their feet for the whole time. The false finishes, the uh, just the synergy of uh, and everything that went into the finish with Sammy doing the three Luva kicks was really good. Um, the storytelling, man. The Usos don't get enough props for what they do inside that ring, man. And um, they deserve their flowers just as much as Kevin and Sammy. 
uh, the the post the press conference scrum that they had was really good too. Glad to hear Kevin give a shout out to the Briscoes. That was really nice. Um, paying homage to their independent past and stuff like that. That was really cool. So great way to wrap up night one. Night one was fantastic. Now we get to night two. <laughs> hey, remember Busy Man book night two, right? <laughs> so here we go. How about this? The crowd were on their feet the entire time, engaged and entertained by Brock Lesnar and Omas. Just like me and Brother Carter told you all last week. I was watching that match with a big smile on my face, just grinning on how stupid wrestling Twitter had to look during that match. Shout out to Omos. I am an Omos sapien. I am a mark for Omos now. Big shout out to him. Talk about giving a middle finger to the dirt sheets and everything. Because that match was exactly what it needed to be. And that was awesome. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Brock and Omos had one of the best matches from an entertainment standpoint this weekend. That was fantastic. Uh, the women's showcase match was what it was. I think there was an injury that got in between um, with, uh, I think it was Shayna Baszler that got injured or whatever. But her and Ronda found a way to win. So that match was what it was. I mentioned earlier in the back Q&A session, I think Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre is the best match I've seen this year. Um, big meaty man bumping meat. <sighs> Uh, this match was phenomenal. Everything you want out of a professional wrestling match, you got to see it for there. How is it possible, by the way, that Gunther retained? I mean, this was Vince booking the show, right? So Gunther retains. Phenomenal match. Phenomenal match. Um, speaking of really good matches, following that, we had another long match. It was 60 minutes. Bianca Belair and Asuka. Uh, Bianca, a very wholesome uh, entrance with the Demons of Compton. Uh, very sad story that uh, the contortionist, the young lady that was on the stage with Bianca, her getting the spotlight, her mother unfortunately passed away that morning. Uh, very sad news um, and very wholesome. And like Bianca Belair is a star in more ways than none. Think about the influence that she has to young kids and all that uh, across the world. It's not even just young like girls, but. Uh, young boys look up to him, uh, look up to her too. Like she, she's a star more ways than none. Her and Oscar had a fantastic match. I, I saw some people like, oh, can Bianca like bring the intensity that Oscar does? And I'm like, have you seen Bianca Bella work? <laughs> like, I was not surprised by anything that we saw. This is a physical match. Bianca has some really nice counters. I really liked how she uh, gone from the armbar into the KOD. I thought that was really good. And Bianca's still your Raw Women's Champion, so that was cool. Um, unfortunately, Shane Meek Mahan tore his quad uh, when he was supposed to make a return. That's unfortunate. Uh, I mean, I feel I feel bad for Shane, but big props to Snoop Dogg. By the way, shout out to Snoop Dogg, man. He killed it this weekend at WrestleMania. That was really cool. Snoop Snoop Dogg is a legend for sure. He sure as hell doesn't miss. And he adapted. Think, think about how he adapted that way where, um, you know, Shane's getting injured. He still found a way to beat The Miz. So the rough weekend for The Miz continue on. And then from there, uh, we had Edge against Finn Balor in the Hell in the Cell. Loved the Slayer entrance. 
loved it. <laughs> uh, I, I am a connoisseur of all music around the world. I don't subscribe to only one form of music. I love metal. I love Slayer. I love that song that they picked. The entrance was dope. And then just transition into, you think you know me? <laughs> Edge is the man. I love Edge. Uh, Edge and the Demon had a very physical match. Uh, I know people were upset about the, the no blood rule and they stopped the match because Finn got cut, uh, got cut open really bad on the top of his skull. Um, but I'd take safety over unnecessary blood. Um, and then we had uh, Roman and Cody. I talked about this earlier. We're not going to talk about the decision of the match or whatever. Go watch that match and listen to the commentary and listen to the crowd during that match. That was one of the best WrestleMania world title main events I've ever seen. Seriously, it's it's going to be up there in my top 10 of uh, world title main events. Roman and Cody, all the different spots, the heat, the selling... The um, the sequences, the counters, uh, especially when they're getting to that final yay boost spot where they're like going back and forth, and then Cody started doing the jabs and the bionic elbow. Man, just listen to the energy of the crowd as that was going on, and uh, love the spot where Roman got uh, Cody in the guillotine, guillotine choke, and um, Cody came out and transitioned to a ground and pound. I thought that was very cool. A physical match. Both guys were on fire, clicking on all cylinders. It was a perfect story, man. In an awesome, awesome match for Roman and Cody. And Roman is still your undisputed WWE Universal Champion, and he is your tribal chief. So, all in all, all in all, collectively, I really, really enjoyed this year's WrestleMania. I thought not only it was a great success from a business point of view. But all in all, just as a show in itself, it was a fantastic event. Uh, happy for everybody that got a chance to go out there and cover it. Also, I want to give a big shout out to Issa, uh, WWE Demon Diva. Um, she is a rock star. She's a superstar. I thought she did a fantastic job uh, with her coverage out there at WrestleMania. Also, shout out to John Alba. And uh, shout out to Nick Hausman and everybody out there that did their work out there in L.A. So, all in all, man, I, I loved WrestleMania. I thought it was a fantastic show. Uh, but to say that WrestleMania was ruined and WrestleMania sucked because we didn't get L.A. night or it's, it's funny because one thing that happened, that means the entire show sucks. That's how this works in wrestling Twitter for those who don't know, right? So, because L.A. Knight didn't get a segment, because Bobby Lashley didn't get a match, because uh, Cody didn't win, that means everything on WrestleMania sucked. It's funny how that works, right? But on that note, let's transition into our main event. <laughs> it's scheduled for one fall with an unlimited time limit. It's time for another brand new edition, ladies and gentlemen, of What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. We're going to start this off with the director of operations and the doctor himself, Sir Dish Canoe, Brother Carter, in a three, two, one. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. Beat 
your meat, beat, beat your meat. I'm telling you, my time is right now. Right this minute, 2022, we're living in my time is now. My time is right, god damn now. Man, what intensity. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with A.E.W. What the Hell is Wrong with A.E.W. Well, another week, another terrible program in almost every way, shape, and form. So let's get into it and let's start with the crap, or let's start with the things I did enjoy. And there was a couple things that I did enjoy and some observations that I made. The women's match wasn't in its predictable place on the show this week. Oh my God. It wasn't right before the main event. Holy cow. I don't know if that actually deserves a proper applaud for Tony Khan actually giving, you know, women equal opportunities. But as we all know, AEW means all except women. So there you go. Um, very cool and very deserving moment for MJF to be given the key to the city that he grew up in. This whole stuff was awesome. I loved this. MJF gets a jazz band to bring him out for MJF Day, which is so well-deserved. I mean, me personally, I think every day should be MJF Day. He certainly deserves that. And he was singing nonsense syllables and the saxophone was getting back to him. That was great. I thought this whole thing was awesome. I think they should give him a Grammy Award right away. Uh, this was unbelievable. I thought this was so funny and so well done. MJF is a national treasure. It was, this was so good and so entertaining and so funny. Of course, Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara let all the air out of the room, um, when they made their appearances to stop him. It just didn't connect with the crowd. So there you go. And, you know, we give Tony Khan a lot of crap on this show and it's all very well deserved. Tony Khan deserves all the crap in the world on this show, but I got to tell you, Props to AEW for what they were able to do here, and they're getting a show in Wembley Stadium in the UK. This is a big deal, and this is a really good thing for AEW. Um, The fact that they're able to get a show overseas and in a major soccer stadium like that is great. If they're able to sell that out, that is a huge deal for AEW and a huge deal for professional wrestling. So that is worthy of a huge announcement. Uh, They have Nigel McGuinness now on the team, which is fine. Um, So congratulations to Tony Khan and to AEW for getting a Wembley Stadium show. That's actually cool and good for them. Okay, let's get to the crap, and oh boy, there was a lot of crap. Okay, so we start, we think we're going to get Ricky Starks versus Juice Robinson in a feud that's really meant nothing and has been put together for no reason. So fine, we're about to get a match, very good. And here comes Switchblade Jay White, who is officially All Elite. Whoop-de-freaking-do! So he leaves New Japan, signs with AEW for Bullet Club, and this is supposed to be a game-changer? Please. He'll be relegated to Dark within four weeks, because as we'll see later in the show, uh, AAA competitors will get a spot on Dynamite, but their own superstars who have not been used on TV in a long time will not. And we'll get to that here in a little bit. But Jay White means absolutely nothing in AEW. I hope he would be in WWE. I thought he could do great things there, but I'm not surprised that he's in AEW. You know, the whole New Japan Bullet Club thing, that's more his style. Fine. Again, happy for wrestlers to get paid as much as they're going to get paid, but this means absolutely nothing, and he'll be relegated to dark before long. 
Um, we're getting Keith Lee versus Jericho next week for some random reason, even though Keith Lee, Lee hasn't been on TV for a long time. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Best Friends comes out for their match against House of Black. And Trent Beretta's mom randomly comes out to bring them out. Hey. Good Lord. The match itself was fine. I just can't stand Best Friends gimmick, particularly Orange Cassidy. And I know a lot of people are going to say, Josh particularly, saying like he can't believe that Best Friends are struggling with House of Black. That kind of tells you where they are on the card and what Tony thinks of these clowns that are Best Friends. But it is what it is. Why the hell does anyone in AEW allow anyone in the Jericho Appreciation Society to have a microphone? They are without a doubt the most annoying acts of all of wrestling. And, of course, they weren't going to drum with the acclaim, but now we're going to get an eight-man tag with all of them next week or on Rampage or whatever. This booking makes absolutely no sense. I don't get any of this at all. Who the hell is Commander? Why does he get to wrestle on AEW television, but their own talent doesn't? It was a boring match with Guevara. It was a trampoline thing. It was stupid, and the other AEW talents are not being used in favor of this AAA star should actually be pissed off because of this. So Sammy Guevara, after the match, a heel, cuts a passionate face promo for some stupid reason. And the crowd isn't buying it at all. I was so excited about seeing Hook, and then the stupid Matt Hardy and Ethan Page crap get in the way. Hook doesn't need help! You want to talk about one of the most underutilized and, you know, underutilized, underappreciated stars in all of professional wrestling. That's Hook. AEW has absolutely no idea what to do with Hook. And... He, uh, yeah, he needs to get away from AEW as soon as possible. And then we've got Running Limp Man and Ethan Page's stupid drama getting in the, in the way of this. It's so dumb, it makes no sense. The Blackpool Combat Club is such a joke now, and I'm so bored already with them. Okay, speaking of the Blackpool Combat Club. Brian Danielson comes back. <clears throat> By the way, um, Amateurs is the new fickle. Uh, that's the gimmick that they're running with now. Fine, whatever. He jammed a screwdriver into the face of Hangman Adam Page on cable television. There's nothing else you can call this except awful TV. It's a stunt show for the sake of being a stunt show. This isn't wrestling, folks. This is garbage. And BCC, the elite, they should all be embarrassed. Uh, TBS should be embarrassed that they're allowing this crap on their television network. This is embarrassing to the professional wrestling business, and all of them should be ashamed for what they do. And then finally, we get FTR and the Guns. Hopefully they can save the show, which they didn't. This match was okay. Nothing special, which is sad because both teams are better than that. The worst part about this is that FTR, it, this means FTR is staying with AEW. And a lot of people are say, oh, they resigned because Vince is now in charge. Blah. Whatever. This, I'm certain this was not the case. And we're going to get to that. Or, or, I'm recording this first, and then I'll get to the thoughts of Derek o a little bit later on. But I, <clears throat> look. FTR is wanting a payday, fine. <clears throat> it, it is what it is. You know, they're going to be misused in AEW for a long time. but And I guess they're cool with that because they're such a great team. But whatever, that's on them. Uh, Excalibur was plugging, rumpa- re- plugging Rampage in the middle of a match where someone's career is on the line for some stupid reason. Um, FTR is your and new champions, fine, whatever, don't care, hopefully that them and the guns can clean up their act and actually have a decent match, which I know they're capable of, but I'm not holding my head up, and I'm not holding my hopes up for that. Seriously, what the hell is wrong with AEW? 
This has been What the Hell is Wrong with A.E.W. Thank you, Dr. Royalty. Appreciate you, brother. All right, time for Joshi's portion of What the Hell is Wrong AEW, a.k.a. What Isn't Wrong with AEW, as we uh, co- uh, take the voyage to the UBS Arena in Long Island, Long Island, New York. Uh, let's just go through this. I don't, I, I don't really have a lot of positives to expand on. Uh, I will talk about the Wembley show in a little bit, but... um. So we're supposed to start off with the match with Rock Hard, Juice Robinson, and Juice uh, and Ricky starts. JY attacks. Uh, JY attacks. Ricky start from behind. This is a whole Bullet Club angle. Um, look, man. Like I mentioned earlier in the Q and A, uh, I'm happy for Jay as long as he's doing something in professional wrestling. I just think from a storytelling standpoint, it's kind of goofy to say like, "Oh, I lose a match to not only leave Japan and New Japan and leave Bullet Club, but go to AEW to redo Bullet Club." I just think that's very odd. But uh, nonetheless, um, yeah, that's how the show started off. I wasn't really surprised, you know. Tony Khan can't resist without going with the low hanging fruit. By the way, uh, the beautiful and sexy Soraya was on Busted Open yesterday and revealed to us that she was asked to basically shit on WWE when um, <laughs> when uh, when she first showed up to the company, right? You guys remember that promo? Oh, it's great to finally have a boss that finally listens to me. Hey, didn't TK say a couple weeks ago in that LA Times article, hey, I don't script promos for wrestlers. What a bunch of bu- 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 bullshit that was, right? <laughs> Let's continue on here. Uh, by the way, please keep all microphones away from the JS. I don't care if it's Hager, what, Daniel Garcia, what, Anna J, what, Ty Mello, what. Sammy Guevara, those four minutes I can't get back in my life. I don't know what the fuck that promo was last night. Nobody gives a shit about you because nobody can relate to you. There's nothing special to you. You are a generic tumbler with a high school jock attitude. That's all you are. You're not special. You're not unique. You suck. Let's continue on here. Oh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on our pins and needles because we got Keith Lee versus Chris Jericho next week. Mama mia. Yes, I did mention to uh, Brother Carter that I thought it was kind of goofy that the House of Black struggled against Pockets and Chuckle fucking Fuck Taylor uh, just because it's a title match. Just because you have a title match doesn't mean that's to be freaking 20 minutes long. And no, I don't care that Trent's mom drove them to the arena. I don't care for Sue. I never have, and I never will. So this match made the House of Black look stupid. Uh, they did retain, however. Uh, but yeah, that, I, I thought that was goofy. Then we get this weird v, uh, vignette with Christian Cage and Luciusaurus. So that's continue on. Um I thought Jamie Hayter and Rio was fine. I thought the match went a little bit too long, but Jamie Hayter won and retained, so that was fine. Um, Renee was in the back with the Outcasts. 
they still got their feud going on with her and Britt Baker. Nothing new. Uh, the the stuff with the the acclaim and uh, Danny Magic and Angelo. Who gives a shit about me, Parker? I thought that was stupid. Uh, the acclaim's rap was fine. Uh, then we get to the best part of the show, and it's MJF, one of a kind. Was MJF Day in um, Plainview, Long Island, New York? And um, MJF is a national treasure, man. I he is the saving grace of this promotion for me from an entertainment standpoint. He is uh, fantastic. He uh, goes on his story about having to deal with an annoying teacher named Mrs. Benedict. Uh, there was an ADD chant that broke out. Not surprised. AEW fans with ADD. Uh, that's not a surprise, right? <laughs> uh, Maxwell was fantastic. But for this to set up, just to have Jungle Boy, Jungle Twat attack him on the stage, really, in hindsight, that's not going to benefit Jungle Boy from a babyface standpoint because everything that NGF says about Jungle Boy is true. He has the charisma of drywall, and he's he's secured the waterfall and Anna J. Congratulations, Jug Boy! Great job. Uh, I don't take that away from you. But here's the deal: Am I supposed to feel sorry for Jungle Boy? I don't. He's a good wrestler, but am I supposed to feel bad for him? No. So, Sammy Guevara had a tumbling fest with Commander. This was what it was. Sammy Guevara won. I mentioned about the promo that he cut. Nobody really gave a shit. I thought this promo sucked. It was a waste of time. Hook uh, defeated Ethan Page. Thanks to help from Matt Hardy. Uh, Hook retained his FTW championship. We got into the announcement of AW having AW all in at Wembley Stadium on Sunday, August 27th. Uh, that's... It's a big deal. Uh, like Brad Carr said, it's, it's, it's going to be the biggest non-WWE or New Japan stadium show in wrestling for a very long time. And uh, it's it's good. It's a good deal for the industry, and it's a good deal for AW. So congrats to Tony Khan and everybody. That's a good job there. See, I could be fair. I give I get credit where credit is due. Um, oh, by the way, the House of Torture. Oh, my bad. Uh, the Blackpool Cuckoo Club. Uh, defeated three jobbers in a squash match and cut a promo who <laughs> so professional wrestlers you're only classified in being a professional wrestler by ripping off Minoru Suzuki and having hardcore death matches and attacking people with foreign objects I, I, I got that right Brian Danison this is where you don't hear this on other shows because people act like I'm dumb and I don't actually pay attention to what's happening on the show. I, I, Joshi just has blind hate towards AEW, right? So, riddle me this. Brian Davidson loves John Moxley. He loves Claudio. He loves Wheeler Useless. Where, I find that interesting because... Wasn't this the same asshole that wouldn't interact with him for seven months? Because the only thing that matters in Brian Danielson world is Brian Danielson. This supposed baby face that we're supposed to buy in. Oh, this humble baby face. Who are we kidding? <laughs> I love these guys. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't wear their gear. I wouldn't hang out with them and help them out while they're in their stupid Pure 6 WCW brawls. 
I would. I have nothing to do with the Blackpool Cuckoo Club because it's all about me. I'm Brian Danielson. I'm so tired of stupid ass group. It's so stupid. Oh great, Brian Danielson and Hangman Page. Like we haven't seen that before. Then we get to the main event: FTR and the Gun Club. Again, just like Jay White, I have no issue for the fact that um, Dax and Cash want to be in AW, and that's their decision. And that's their prerogative. I, I that does not make me me. Now, not this. Uh, that doesn't make me get to the point where I dislike them now, and that I don't care and all this stuff. I, that's not the case. Okay, I want this to. This is this is how I feel about the situation. Okay, like I'm happy for them. If, if AW is the place they want to be, and that's the best beneficial thing for Dax and his family. More power to him. I, I'm still going to listen to his podcast with Matt Coon. I'm a, I'm a fan of Dax. I just think it's very ironic, though, that their match for them to become the 10-time champions had shitty officiating towards the end. Like, Paul Turner was all over the place. So, I I just think it's kind of ironic that the there was a crappy officiating job towards the end of that match, which led to... The point of these guys are now uh, going to be staying in AEW. Uh, so good, good for them. That, that's that's cool. I don't have an issue with it, and that's their that's their prerogative. They have every right to do what they want to do, and I'm still going to support them because I am a fan of FTR, and good for them. I have another reason to enjoy the show now. So I'm I'm a fan of Dax and Cash. I'm still going to be supporting the podcast. I'm down with FTR. And uh, they are the real deal. So congratulations to FTR for becoming the new AEW World Tag Team Champions. I'll say this episode of Dynamite wasn't as offensive to my IQ as other episodes or editions of (laughs) AWR. But uh, that remains to be seen as the weeks go by. But all this hoopla this week. Oh, man, this episode is really going to show up to Vince McMahon. (laughs) See, we got him, Vince. We got him, Vince. (laughs) I I really don't think that was the case. But... Uh, let's do our extra minute, uh, impression as we put a ribbon on the bow on this segment, and let's start it off here. Coming to you live on Rampage on Friday night. <laughs> we have a rematch for the FTW Championship. It's Hook putting the title against Ethan Page. We have Jay as his Anna Jay in a long match against Julia Hart. We have the Acclaim and Angela Parker, Danny Magic, Matt Menard against eight, uh, four other members in the eight-man tag team match. Right now, we have Darby Allen taking on Lee Moriarty of the firm. Jack Gargill and Ty Vaccari will have a sit-down interview. And we get an announcement from Swerve Strickland, who we haven't seen in two and a half months. Meanwhile, following Rampage on TNT, it's the sixth edition of AEW Battle of the Belts for the AEW Inter- International Championship. We have Orange Cassidy taking on Trilistico. For the TBS Championship, we have Jay Cargill taking on Billy Stars. And our main event for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship is the Lucha Brothers taking on Powerhouse House and QT Marshall. More matches being announced. Make sure to follow Tony Khan on Twitter and get more information right now at AWTIX.com. Repeat, that's AWTIX.com. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, that is what the hell is wrong with AEW this week. (laughs) Oh, man, I love this show. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with me this week for this edition of the Hoots Podcast, our WrestleMania review show. I know I I snapped and yelled earlier, but don't forget, I'm in good spirits. Um, I'm glad we recorded the show. I thought it was a fun show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please do us a favor and check out the podcast each and every single Thursday. Anywhere you get your podcast from, make sure to follow us at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast, on Twitter and on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe anywhere you get the podcast from, especially on Spotify. If you really uh, uh, follow the show on there, follow the show on Spotify. It would mean a lot to me and Brian Carter. That helps uh, expand our show. And we're trying to get some of these ambassador ads on the podcast. So if, if you guys could follow the show and spread the show using our Spotify link, that would mean a lot to us. So thank you guys for the support. We love you guys. Remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. And remember, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself and the man upstairs, okay? I love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, don't forget, uh, in just a couple seconds, we got the return of the Thoughts of Derrico in its original position here on the Hoots Podcast. So, for Brother Carter, I'm Joshi. This has been episode 355 of the Hoots Podcast. The road to 400 continues, and the road to 1,000 subscribers continue on YouTube. Talk to you all next week. Yes, sir. And now, the thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the segment that has more questions than answers following the biggest weekend in the wrestling calendar year. It is the thoughts of Derrico featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. As I mentioned, I have more questions than answers about everything that's going on in WWE based on not only the results of WrestleMania this past weekend, but all of the news that's been happening with the sale of WWE, with Vince being back in control of creative, and, and you know all of those sorts of things. So let's let's get into it. Uh, I want to start by... I'll, I'll start by addressing some of the news issues and just some of my thoughts of, about that. So, obviously the big news story is that the Endeavor Group has purchased WWE and is merging together with UFC to create this huge mega company, uh, you know, $21 billion sports entertainment franchise, which, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I don't see how it's bad that two companies coming together who have similar mindsets and kind of a similar product... Obviously, one is scripted and one is not, but it's a similar product. Sports entertainment coming together. Um, I think it's a good thing. I think um, you know. I think a lot of good can come from that. <coughs> you also, excuse me. I've gotten a sinus infection over the last week or so, so I think it's a good thing. Um, I don't think much is going to change as far as the business side of it. I think you know you may get a little crossover, which is fine. You know that could lead to some Conor McGregor in WWE, which would be cool, or. You know, some of the WWE stars, Roman Reigns, going over to the UFC event or something like that. Like, it could be cool, you know, to have that crossover. So that could be kind of cool. Um, so I think for the business side of it, it'll be fine. So the other thing that I want to address is the stories that are coming out that Vince McMahon is running creative again and is basically calling the show. A lot of reports coming out that the Raw After Mania is, was one of the worst Raw After Manias in a decade. And, you know, that the morale in WWE is low because Vince was back at Gorilla running the show and, and all that stuff. So let me say, let me just start with a couple of things. Number one, I, I do believe that Vince McMahon should just stick to the business side of things and let Triple H and his team run creative. 
you know, I think it's, it's, they've done a really great job over the last six months. Well, as longer than that, actually, it's more like nine months. They've done a really great job over the last nine months. You know, new, fresh storylines, returns of some characters, tending to break uh, more barriers that haven't been broken before. So I think that's really good. And, and I do believe that that should happen. You know, let me just put that out there first. Vince should be in charge of business, and Triple H should run creative. And Vince should, should not have anything to do with any of the television at all. He shouldn't be... If he wants to go to TV, fine. But he shouldn't be running TV. He shouldn't be at Gorilla. He shouldn't be changing segments, which from what I understand happened on Raw this past week. And I don't like that. I think that that should... You know, if, if you're going to put Triple H in charge of creative, put Triple H in charge of creative. And don't, you know, have the final say and don't do rewrites and stuff like that. Because it just causes confusion and chaos backstage, especially during the show. So I would say that that needs to happen. That, 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 I believe that that should be the case. Vince should just do business. Triple H should just do handle the, uh, the, the television side of it. Now, that being said, everybody needs to pump the brakes about all of this stuff. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, Jay White didn't sign with WWE because Vince is back. FTR didn't re-sign with WWE because Vince is back. No, no, that's not the case. I mean... Of course, wrestling Twitter is going to blow up. And be like, oh my God, it's over for WWE. AEW is going to take over. No, none of that is going to happen. Just relax. Hold your horses. That is not going to happen. So just pump the brakes a little bit there, folks. Just pump the brakes a little bit. So now we'll, we'll get a test this Friday on SmackDown to see what's happening. Vince may have just for some stupid reason wanted to take over for one show and maybe he'll realize the error of his ways and it'll be fine. You can recover from it. It'll be fine. But, um, yeah, I just, I, 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 I would just pump the brakes. Just relax. WWE is not done. It's not over. AEW is not going to take over, even with the announcement of the Wembley show, which is a great thing for AEW. Don't get me wrong. I'm very happy for AEW. That's a good thing for them and their company. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, it, it's not the end, okay? It's not the end. So everybody just relax, pump the brakes a little bit, okay? Okay. Now, let's get into WrestleMania, and I'm just going to do a quick rundown of what I thought about. We'll start with night one. All right, some really great stuff here on night one of WrestleMania. Um, I thought the Austin Theory-John Cena match was nice. That was very well done. Um, the right person got the win there in Austin Theory. Seeing John Cena with the Make-A-Wish kids was really cool. And a big rub for Austin Theory. You know, it's clear he's being positioned to be the next big thing uh, in WWE. And he's going to have a great 2023. I have no doubt about it. Man, the, the four-way tag team match with uh, the Street Profits, the Viking Raiders, um, Alpha Academy, and uh, Braun Strowman Ricochet. That was a ton of fun. That was really cool. That was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. But um, really good stuff there. And that was a lot of fun. Great team got the, the, the win there. Or the great team got the win there. I like that. Um, Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. Uh, Logan Paul is a natural-born WWE superstar. He needs to be doing this full-time. Or not full-time, but more often than he can, because he's great at this. You know, he's a lot. He's one of the best, you know, celebrities, quote-unquote, that's come in. Outsiders that's come in and, and done this for a living. Like, that's really cool. And he had a great match with Seth Rollins, to no one's surprise. You know, when he, uh, when, he, when he splashed through the prime mascot, that was hilarious with KSI. That was really funny. I enjoyed that. So good stuff from Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. Great for them. Um, Tristratus lead at Becky Lynch, defeated Damage Control. It was fine. It was what it was. No big deal. 
Um, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio was great. Dominic Mysterio is going to have an amazing 2023. He is going to... Dominic Mysterio is going to be one of the superstars of 2023. I see him winning singles gold in 2023, no doubt about it. He is the real deal. He's an incredible natural heel. The natural heel heat reaction he gets from the crowd is unbelievable. Him him coming out to handcuffs was genius. That was absolutely genius. Whoever came up with that idea gets a raise. That was incredible. Well done from everybody. Bravo to Ray and Dominic. That was awesome. Also, Ray coming out with Snoop Dogg was pretty cool. To the Eddie Guerrero music and the Lowrider, that was pretty sweet. To cap off an amazing weekend for Rey Mysterio in the Hall of Fame. Good stuff. A lot of people are saying the match of the night was Rhea Ripley with Charlotte, uh, against Charlotte Flair, and I can't deny that. This might have been one of the greatest female wrestling matches in the last 10 years, if not the greatest. This was unbelievable. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, I'd say they're the two best female wrestlers in the world right now. Um, I've still got Charlotte as the GOAT. But Rhea Ripley is incredible. She's doing some fantastic things. Um, she is she is going to be a superstar in this business, no doubt. Well, she is a superstar, but she is a surefire Hall of Favor. Rhea Ripley is incredible, incredible in the ring, incredible look, incredible on the microphone. Props to these women for what they were able to do. This was absolutely incredible. And... Um, I think we're going to see a rivalry between these two for many years to come. The only other thing I have to say about that is uh, Sasha who? (laughs) Great stuff from Rhea and Charlotte. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Pat McAfee came back. I didn't think that we were going to see Pat McAfee, but there he was. And um, that was really funny. Uh, I didn't think think we were going to see Pat McAfee this week, but um, we did. And always great to see Pat McAfee. He's still great in the ring. Fun little match with The Miz. That's fine. I know they added to do something to kind of let the air breathe in the stadium a little bit in between Rhea and Charlotte and then the next match, the main event. So <clears throat> that was fine. Miz and Snoop were great, as they always are. Uh, and then we get Pat McAfee coming out doing his thing. That was great. And then finally, the main event of night one. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeating the Usos. This was everything it was supposed to be. A great match between the best, or between components, or opponents that have been in the best storyline in WWE for the last 10 years. Uh, uh, in the last 10 years. This was just incredible. Um, the pop when Owens and Zayn won the tag team titles was amazing. This was a great match. The Usos with all their super kicks was great. Um, this was a tremendous match to open up night one, or to close night one. The reaction was unbelievable when Owens and Zayn won the tag titles. Rightfully so. The right team won. Congratulations to the part of the, this part of the culmination of this story. Um, to see Owens and Zayn, the emotion on their face, winning in Los Angeles, where it all started for them, uh, for them to win their first tag team titles in their career was awesome. The Usos played a huge part in this as well. They were phenomenal. This was just great overall. Congratulations to all four performers on a great way to end the show. Then at the post-conference, you know, when, when Owens said, we'd like to give a shout-out to Mark and Jay Briscoe, I thought that was really cool, too. A really cool moment. One, that WWE would allow him to do that. And for them to acknowledge Mark and Jay Briscoe, that was just tremendous. To close an incredible night of WrestleMania, of night one of WrestleMania. Bravo to everybody in the company. Continuing on with night two. The show opened with Brock Lesnar and Omos, and <clears throat> I, I said this many times, on paper, this looks like a match that was going to be completely terrible, and it was actually pretty good. You know, it was what it was. Now, was it a five-star classic? No, of course it wasn't, but it was still a fun match. 
a fun way to open the show, and it was great. Seeing Brock Lesnar F5 Omos was pretty cool. A pretty cool feat of strength. So this match was it was was what it was. It was fine. You know, no big deal. Like I said, it's not the greatest thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't the worst. Okay. Then we get the uh, Women's WrestleMania Showcase match. You've got Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez versus Natalia and Shotzi versus Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. And again, this was fine. Like, it wasn't anything to go home about. Like, it wasn't, by any means, my favorite match on the card. Um, it was It was what it was. Uh, the right team won. Ronda and Shayna got the win. Fine. Again, this match was nothing special. It was exactly what it needed to be. A quick little match. Um, to showcase, to get some of the women who have been doing hard work on the show, and it was fine, you know, no big deal, um, you know, again, it wasn't the greatest thing ever, it was mid, I'll say that, um, it was a mid-match, no doubt about it, um, but it was fine, no big deal on that one, okay, then we get to Drew McIntyre versus Gunther versus Sheamus, this might have been my favorite match of night two, this was freaking awesome, these three guys, this was just three guys who went in there and beat the holy living hell out of each other, and it was awesome. Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre all deserve standing ovations for what they did in this. They just, basically, this was just incredible, and this was just, this, these just three guys just beat the absolute holy hell out of each other, and it was so fun. The chops that Gunther gives, oh my god, you could, I could feel them at home watching this. Like, the impact of those chops was just incredible. So, this was great. This was a ton of fun. Bravo to everybody involved. And this was awesome. Congratulations. Gunther gets the win. He may end up breaking the record and being one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time. And this was incredible. Alright, Bianca Belair versus Asuka. I thought this was a really good match too. Um, I thought Asuka was going to get the win here, but it was two women who are at the top of their game, giving a great, solid wrestling match. Um... Bianca Belair is definitely one of the top female performers in the world. Uh, she's fantastic. You know, she's right at the top of that women's division. I enjoyed this match very, very, very much. Congratulations to Bianca and Asuka on a great performance. Uh, yeah, the mist kind of near the end was kind of weird, but the end of this, was, I, the whole match I thought with this was just great. So good job, Bianca. Good job, Asuka. That was great. Okay. <clears throat> Now, right before we get to the main event, or no, I'm sorry, we're not before the main event, right, not before the main event, we got another Miz and Snoop Dogg segment, and this time, Miz was going to have another match, and he fought Shane McMahon, and here comes Shane McMahon. Now, I know a lot of people were upset that, oh my god, they could, so Shane McMahon comes in, and I saw trending after this was LA Knight, because people were like, oh my god, you've got Shane McMahon coming out, but LA Knight, who's been doing amazing work, doesn't get a spot on the WrestleMania show, and to be fair... I think that LA Knight deserved a spot on WrestleMania. He's been doing great work. I love me some LA Knight. Yeah! I love him. But there just wasn't room for him on this show. And just relax. He's still going to have a great 2023. It's going to be fine. Once again, internet wrestling community tends to blow things way out of proportion, as they do. It's fine. LA Knight's still going to have a great year and going to be all good. But anyways, Shane McMahon comes up. And then he comes in, and they're about to, they're going to probably just do another similar match like they did with Pat McAfee, which is fine. But unfortunately, about 20 seconds into the match, um, Shane tears his quad. And I was like, oh, like the when the camera cut to Miz for a while, I thought, oh, God, something must be serious really wrong here. And it was. Something was very wrong, and Shane tore his quad. So shout out to Shane. I hope he gets better soon. Man, that just totally sucks. 
That just totally sucks. Get well Shane, uh, soon, Shane. But props to Snoop Dogg for an improving and coming out. Uh, for improving and coming out and doing what he was going to do. He improved, he punched Miz in the face, gave him a terrible looking people's elbow and got a pin one, two, three, which Snoop Dogg saved the segment. You know, Triple H talked about this after the press conference, but there's 95% of the roster that couldn't do what Snoop Dogg did in that regard, in that he saved the segment, no doubt about it. So congratulations to Snoop Dogg for doing that. Again, this was just some filler material. Fine. It was what it was. Um, all good. But wow, uh, props to Snoop Dogg for saving that segment and get well soon, Shane. Hell in a Cell, Finn Balor versus Edge. Now, <clears throat> I have a couple thoughts about this. Number one, if the demon is going to start losing, it's time to retire that gimmick. I had hoped that with this de- emergence of the demon, that this would be him turning face, getting rid of the Judgment Day, and kind of going back to that old demon character, which has been one of my favorite characters over the last 10 years. Um, when he goes into into the demon mode, it's so cool. It's so good. Um, and I've been waiting to see that entrance um, for a long time, since the t- birth of the demon character at WrestleMania. But, <clears throat> so when that happened, or so, like, when he comes out, the crowd just starts going nuts, and then he goes to the old music, and to they give the woo thing when they put their hands in the air. It was so good. And then they get into the match, and um, Edge does, oh, by the way, Edge does the kind of the brood Edge entrance, which was fine. It was kind of weird, but it was okay. And then they get into the match. So Edge eventually, we all know the spot, throws a ladder at Finn Balor, hits him in the head, gives him a huge gash, and they basically had to cut to Edge because there was literally blood all over the ring. And blood in the hard way, because this isn't AEW where they blade for the sake of blading and bleed for the sake of bleeding. Like, he actually got hurt. So props to uh, WWE's medical team for coming in, stitching up Edge really, or stitching up Finn Balor really quickly so that he could continue, and they, and they finally got through the match, and... Edge got the win there with the concerto, which which needed to happen, I think. Um, but it's just, it's it kind of, I think the injury kind of put a momentum stop on this, and it's nobody's fault. It just kind of was like one of those things where it's like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. You know, it's kind of anticlimactic, anticlimactic. And again, nobody's fault. It just kind of one of those. It was what it was kind of things. So, anyways, uh, Edge Edge gets the win here. Hopefully, he's put away. You know, they've ended this feud. Again, I, th- I think if you're going to have the Demon lose, because that's twice now that the Demon has lost in a row, to Roman Reigns and now to Edge. If, you're, if the Demon's going to lose, you've got to retire that character, I think. But that's just me. Um, but props to them for improvising and getting, and getting uh, things going to finish stuff up there. Okay. And now we get to the main event. <clears throat> the match that everybody wants to see. Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. Now... This was, by the way, Cody Rhodes made everybody in the arena cry when he gave his weight belt to negative one. That was an amazing moment. So, great job, Cody Rhodes, and good, road, good job, WWE, for allowing Brody Lee to be there, and, and, or Brody Lee's son to be there, and for negative one to get the weight belt. That was really cool. And his whole family was there. Rhodes' whole family was there. That was an amazing. Great moment. Roman Reigns' entrance with the piano was kind of cool. And then we get to the match. Now... The entire match was nearly flawless. Like, it was incredible. Reigns and Rhodes have incredible chemistry. Um, it was awesome. Usos interfere. The uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens wipe him out. Uh, you know, I after Rhodes hit that, go, went into that crossroads sequence, I thought, this is it. Here we go. We're getting a new champ. Swerved everybody. Solo hits the spike. Roman hits the spear. 
one, two, three, Reigns retains the title. The Reigns hits the spear, one, two, three, retains the title. I was in shock. I'm not going to lie to you. I was in shock. And immediately I went, what? Oh, no, 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 no. Because um, we all wanted Cody Rhodes to win. I Let me just preface all my comments by saying, I wanted Cody Rhodes to win that match. I think he deserved to win that match. He deserves to be world champion. So I was a bit shocked. And to be honest, when it first happened, I was pissed off too. I was like, are we really doing this WWE? Come on. Then after about two minutes, I started to think about it. Because as a rational wrestling fan and a rational person who thinks, I started thinking about this. I thought, you know what? This might be genius. Here's why. Because... 95% 95% of the internet wrestling community, including all the reviews I've read, said, WWE screwed this up and this is the worst booking decision under the Triple H regime. This is one of the worst booking decisions in the last 10 years. Here's why it might be genius. Because everybody expected Cody to win. And WWE swerved us and said, just kidding, this story isn't over. So, what happened was WWE made us feel emotion. And isn't that what you want in a wrestling product? Don't you want WWE? Don't you want to feel emotion as a wrestling fan? We felt emotion as wrestling fans. WWE did what it was supposed to do. And how can you fault them for that? Then after the press conference, Triple H said, this story isn't over. And he's right. It's not over. And, you know, Cody is now an even bigger baby face. Because now everybody wants to see him win even more. So how is that a bad thing? Now, <clears throat> I'd have been perfectly happy if Cody wins the title. I think Cody should have won the title here. Again, that's my <clears throat> personal preference. Don't, I'm, I'm not going to... I don't want to sugarcoat that. I thought Cody Rhodes should have won the title here. But to say that this is a horrible booking decision, and it might be, I don't know. <clears throat> but I also want to see how this story plays out. Cody's an even bigger baby face. The chase is going to continue to be on. You know, Roman's going to pass his $1,000 day mark, which is incredible in its own right. And Cody is still going to get the title at some point, folks. Just relax. Cody's going to get the title. Now it looks like he's going to get into a program with Brock Lesnar, which is going to make him an even bigger babyface when he faces Roman again, either at SummerSlam or Survivor Series or next year's Mania. So I was shocked. Um, but again, WWE causes us to feel emotion, and that's all that you want. So there you go. And those are some of my thoughts on WrestleMania. Quick things about the Raw after Mania. Um, again, looks like we're getting Cody versus Brock, which could be cool. Great to see Matt Riddle back. Um, I've heard that Vince changed a lot of things during the Raw after Mania, which, again, I'm not a fan of. So we'll see how this plays out versus on SmackDown. And that's it. The new wrestling season has begun, and it's time to get going and seeing what's going to happen next year. And those are the thoughts of Derrico. Uh, this week, my final thought is, first off, sorry that this is so long, but I wanted to get all my thoughts out there. And the second thing is, folks, just be patient. Enjoy the ride. A lot of times when WWE gives us booking decisions and we go, ah, why did they do that? We get the answer a little bit later. The same thing is going to happen here, folks. Just be patient. This has been The Thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.